Ladies and gentlemen, we are bike. Welcome to another episode of the Talk My Credo podcast with yours truly, Dante Credo. We bike up in this thing, man. I know it's been a couple of weeks. I've uh, been trying to optimize and make sure that, you know, we're doing the absolute best that we can do with the resources that we have, but it's all good. So let's just get right into this because we got a lot of things to talk about, and I'm going to make sure that I can do this as fast and as efficient as I possibly can, but you know me, I am good for a ramble and a rant, so, you know, that's why you're here, right? Cool. So, first and foremost, let's go ahead and acknowledge why we're here today. The, the date is January 18th, uh, 2021. And this is the day that we are acknowledging the life, the legacy, and the absolute marvel of a role model, husband, minister, so on and so forth, activist, leader. I mean, you can continue on with the accolades, but you know I'm talking about none other than Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. This is the day that we celebrate him and the changes that he has done that placed us in the position today, honestly, especially people that looks like me. Uh, I mean, we still got a long way to go, not even going to lie. However, the, the groundwork has already, already been laid, regardless of what your opinion or perspective is when it comes to social justice and race issues. I, I, I can have two guesses, like just give me two guesses and I can probably guess what your opinion most likely would be because that's just how divided we are right now with this political thing. But either way, there's no denying the man. He is undeniable. So salute, thank you to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And speaking of politics, like I said, I've been gone for two weeks and it's been a lot of stuff that has gone down in the last two weeks that I honestly, it's not even, I, I just can't even go over it because it's just so much stuff. Um, but hey, I, I just, I do want to give you guys a date. But before I get into this, just a quick update because some of y'all was asking me, like, what happened with the workplace, Karen, and the stalking thing and stuff that she was doing. Um, basically, everything is all right because it's all white. Basically, she just got, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even call it a slap on the wrist. It, it was just more or less a, um, a, a tap on the wrist. Not, not, not a slap, but, but a tap um, because they're just really good at playing victim. And again, I just find it hilarious because that's what they accuse black people of when we speak about, you know, social issues and stuff. Um, so... She was confronted by a, not even a manager, but someone else confronted her about it. And so she basically said that, oh, I felt like a previous postmaster, uh, for those who don't know, I work at the post office. And the postmaster was like the manager of the post office, the boss, the post office boss. Right? Uh, the postmaster that isn't even there. It's been gone for about two years. Uh, felt that that postmaster didn't like her and thought that she was going to try to, 
you know, railroad her and, and give her some trumped up charge or whatever the case may be. She thought that the previous postmaster had it out for her. So in order to defend herself, she was just creating a file on all the things that was going on in the post office just to say, hey, if you're going to get me for this, then you have all of these things that's happening in the post office as well. So if you're going to get me for this, then you should get everybody else for blah, 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 blah. Now, the problem with that is she only took notes of me. So how does that make sense? There are four other people that work here, but yet you have very, very little, if nothing, on. but you have an extensive, extensive file on me. So no, I'm not buying that, that you was just defending herself. And if you were defending yourself, you continued on with this stalking even after she left. Hmm. You know, didn't make sense. And so then they were like, well, it seems to me that you have a problem uh, with him referring to me. So like, well, why don't you just talk about whatever issues he is? And so, of course, here comes the innocent white girl act where she put on the waterworks and was like, well, I I'm afraid of him. I I'm afraid to talk to him. I'm, I'm just afraid. Uh, and I don't think he likes me. Now, the question would then be, well, why don't you like him? Or why doesn't he like you? The reason I don't like you is because you've been doing all this silly stuff trying to get me fired. That's why I don't like you. You know, but of course, you know, she turned on the waterworks and claimed that she was just, you know, she played the innocent, scared little white girl and basically she got off. Now, of course, we all know if the tables were turned and me, this black man, was literally stalking this this white girl, um, chronicling every move she made. Yeah, I would not be working at the post office at this moment. And we know what it is. And there's just so many stories that I've had. So for those who emailed me at talkmycredo at gmail.com, you know, little stories about things that had happened to you and, you know, you've got, whatever consequence that you got, even if it was the fair consequence. However, when your white counterparts does something similar or even worse than what you've done, they get very little recompense. I appreciate it because then of course, if I tell that type of story, then you know what they're going to say. You know, they're going to say, well, no, why gotta be about race? Oh, you're playing the victim. There's the victim role again. We know what they're going to do. There's actually another story that I want to tell involving my wife where a very similar thing happened. Not like she got in trouble, but there was a person that worked with her who was doing absolutely crazy, illegal things. Um, and things that were definite fireable offenses. And she's gotten away with about three different things until this recent situation that she's in that she basically just innocent white girl her way out of. With, uh, in contrast to my wife, she was framed of doing something illegal that was a fireable, fireable offense, and they investigated her for almost two months trying to get to the bottom of things until they finally 
uh, couldn't find any evidence and she was able to vindicate herself from being framed by these uh, other workplace Karens that she works with. So it's, you know, that may be an actual topic for for another time, but yeah. All right. All that being said, so that's what happened with the workplace, Karen. Um, I just, just like, you know what? It's not even that serious, even though it is, but it's, it's not even that need to try to get any type of further action because I did point it out. So I, I want y'all to notice what you did, the actions you took in this situation and think about if you would have handled it the exact same way if the roles were reversed. And then I just left it at that. So, whoa, all right. So the Capitol attack, that was that was January 6th. And it seemed like it was so long ago. Like it's it's the 18th now. It just seemed like it was such a long time ago, but it was only a couple of weeks ago. But so much has happened since then. Um, like people... And I, I, I feel a little petty because I find such joy. I have great joy watching the the videos and the content that's being posted on the internet of people who are facing the consequences of their actions when they rioted at the Capitol. And it's just amazing. In the words of Jesse Lee Peterson, amazing. Like, it's uh, people who are like, crying out, you know what? I can show you better than I can tell you. So I'm going to show you. Oh, 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 I'm going to show you. Because it's it's just, while we know, and before I even show some of this stuff, we know nothing serious is going to happen to them. Like the people, like, okay, here's what's happening. You know, the FBI's gotten involved and they've been identifying people that were at this riot and different things that they were doing. So, you know, the guy that was sitting on the, um, who broke into Nancy Pelosi's desk and put his feet on the desk and took a piece of mail and blah, 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 blah. He was arrested. Uh, the QAnon shaman guy with the horn and, uh, you know, the crazy get up garb. He was arrested. The guy who broke into the Senate floor with zip ties with the intent of taking some people hostage. He was arrested. A lot of other people that was arrested. Um, and, their reactions to their arrest are like a shock. They just cannot. Believe. How how can I be arrested? Like that's this this can't be. I'm a patriot. This can't be. Or people who thought they were going to fly to D.C. and just you know act a damn fool, riot, you know, just burn, loot, murder. <laughs> the irony doesn't escape me. You know, they do all this stuff and thought they were going to just hop on the plane and go back home. Like, whoo, that was a grand old time, wasn't it? Like, they, they thought, you know, they were just going to a sporting event, basically. Like, the severity of their actions was, they just, in their minds, was like, oh, we just had a really good time at this football game. Like, y'all thought y'all was going to do what you did and then hop on the plane and go back home. So, when all of a sudden your name pops up on the no flood list and y'all, how could this happen to me? Oh. 
I've had such a great time, a great time watching the way these people have been arrested and they're just absolute freakouts. And they have the nerve to call the left snowflakes. <laughs> it's crazy, man. It is crazy. I right. <laughs> I can't help but laugh. Like I'm, I'm trying my best to just like, um, but there's one particular clip I want to show you when it comes to these people that's being uh, detained and stuff at the at the airports. And this is one thing I I, I got to show it, and it's going to be a little triggering for me. Not even going to lie, but we got to talk about it. So for those that's listening, I'm about to play uh, a video clip of various people getting detained, um, arrested. You know, same thing. Um, or when they learn that they can no longer, you know, fly because, you know, they're on a no-fly list uh, after rioting at the Capitol. So that's <laughs> just, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So let's check this out. You treat me like a black person. Did you hear that? I'm gonna play it again, okay? Here we go. You treat me like a black person. <laughs> so he said, You're treating me like an effing black person. But aren't these the same people who says that, you know, white privilege is a myth? They say that. You know, racism is it a thing? There is no racism. Um, the ones that says, "Oh, you're playing the victim when you talk about how you're treated differently in society, in culture." You know, it's really it's it brings me back to uh, the activist and the educator Jane Elliott. Those who don't know who Jane Elliott is, she is. Uh, I don't even know how old she is, but she's pretty old now. But she was an activist back in that day. She's a white woman, but she she runs all of these um, lectures and experiments and social experiments, so to speak, about race. And her she's most noted for, especially back in that day, uh, the the red eye, blue eye, not red eye, but brown eye, blue eye uh, experiment where she separated the brown eyes and the blue eyes and treated them like white and black people, basically. Uh, and the results are what you would expect, you know? So um, it, it amazes me because you know they know. You know these people know what's going on, but they choose to deliberately ignore it until it hits them, until it affects them, then you want to act like, you know, it's happening. So... I'm gonna continue to play this clip because it's it's I'm not gonna play it all, but it's just gonna be funny. It's just funny to me. So let, let's let's just see this guy complain about how bad he's getting treated and what he's likening his treatment to be as. You treat me like a black person. Gonna get no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I love every single one of you. 
But this is what they do to us. They kick me off the plane. They call me a fucking terrorist. And they want to fucking ruin my life. <laughs> what, what do you expect? Now I'm 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 really surprised. Like I'm 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 surprised honestly that they they took this type of action, to be honest. Um, but of course, you know the 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 pushback is, oh, this is just the left, this the left, it's the left. No, it's it's the law. It's accountability, and we know a lot of you really haven't been taught or had to really take accountability for anything. You know, it's okay. You know, you, you've been on QAnon and all these other sites that's been, you know, gaslighting you and prepping you for 12 years. For 12 years, they've been sending you these type of messages. And so you believe you were right. You believe you're doing the right thing. That's the sad thing about it. You just knew that you were saving the country. But then you're no different than Al-Qaeda. You know, different than Osama bin Laden in those, you know, in their cause because they believe they're right. They have a justified reason in their eyes as to why they do what they do and so on and so forth. You know, name any extremist terrorist group. They truly believe at the core that what they're doing is the right thing and for a just or holy cause. But this is the reality. <laughs> All right, well, that's enough of that. And, and the and the thing goes on and on. But the most notable thing was the very first clip: the guy being arrested on the ground, and he screams, "You're treating me like an effing black person." You know, now I, I'm not the one. Now I talk about race a lot because it, it is a subject that I am very interested in and I, I like to talk about because I like to just see different perspectives on people. Now, um, I'm not the one to act like it's a crutch, so to speak. Now, me as a black man, I do believe that the race that I run is different from the race that a white person would have to run. Because regardless of their socioeconomic status or their class or whatever the case may be, everyone has their own race to run. Everyone, when they start, you know, in life uh, and also to the legacy of their and their ancestors, they start at whatever, where, wherever they start in life. Some start a little further ahead than others, but they, you start at least at the starting point. And depending on your socioeconomic status, you may have a few more obstacles than the next person. And I believe, uh, just based off historical events, based off facts, based off numbers and data, that black people have a bit more, dare I say, a lot more obstacles in their race than your, your average white American. Now, that's not to say that we're not responsible for running our race. I think a lot of us, we have the problem that we understand that some of these obstacles that are in our way were not placed there or have nothing to do with us as far as the obstacle. And so we stop and complain like, why do I have 20 more hurdles than this person here? That's not fair. So I'm not going to run this race until you remove these extra 20 hurdles. 
And unfortunately, that's not doing anything but hurting us. You know, they may have five hurdles in their race in life. And this, this may be a very simple or simplistic analogy, but just for simplicity's sake. Yeah, they may have five hurdles in their race and we may have 25, but we still have to run the race. Understand what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm not the one to sit and complain and do nothing because we still have a life to live. We still have children to build for. We still have a generation that we need to account for. And our community are in shambles because for the most part, all we've done is sat and complained about the obstacles that we face. Um, and I think that's been a detriment, a big detriment to the black community as to why we really haven't been able to just focus, uh, just to focus, period. Because even though we understand and know that we've been put in a hole by other influences and outside forces, we like expect them to turn back around and get out of the hole they put us in. And we sit there with our hands folded and our arms crossed like, well, I'm going to sit right here until you get me out of this hole. It's like, no, that's, that's not the way to do it. Even though they start at the, the, the starting line and they run their race in life, we have to first get out of the hole, then run the race. But it doesn't mean we don't do it. Understand what I'm saying? So... I'm that type of person. So I'm not the one to say racism, racism, racism. Oh my God. You know, I, I, for me, I look at it as racism is a part of my life race. You know, my, my race in life to be as successful as I want to be. However, I'm however far I can reach. That's just a part of the, the obstacle that I'm going to face in my life as a black man. It, it may be uh, a specific obstacle that is exclusive to me as a black man but i still gotta run the race anyway because i have a wife i have kids i i have family i have friends i have you know a community that i want to leave a lasting impression of so they can also have this monster and not wait for anyone else to try to get them out of a hole no no we didn't put ourselves in this hole but we still got to get ourselves out of it i just laugh at people like this (laughs) I laugh at people like 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 these who uh, just have such an entitlement. And then when they realize that, no, no, your entitlement doesn't work here. Your entitlement coupon is expired. Now you will be held accountable. And then they lose their shit. I find it absolutely hilarious uh, because a lot of us, we know, we know, we sit back you know, all the memes and stuff going around the internet. We was like, yeah, black people just sitting back like, yep, look at that. And I'm just going to be really honest. I, I don't think even though these people are being arrested and detained and, you know, all these things, nothing's really going to happen to them. That's just this. Nothing's going to happen to them. They'll get their little charges. Um, you know, they may have they may pay a little fine. You know, they'll carry the way out of it because there's still an entitlement there. Like the guy who broke into the desk uh, and Nancy Pelosi's desk. Yeah, he was arrested, but they sent him home. He was able to go home after that. A lot of these people like the shaman guy, uh, he was arrested. And then they had a story that he didn't eat for days because he only eats organic food. <laughs> so 
Like, oh, but yeah, so all of them go home. They go home and go back to their lives, and it's something they can sit down with their friends and laugh and giggle about. Like this, you know, this little charge. Who, who's who's really losing their jobs? Like, really? Yeah, you've seen some examples here and there, especially like the lawmakers and police officers and other government officials that were a part of that riot crowd. Yes, yeah, some of them resigned and some of them did lose their jobs, but but really, really. There's not going to be a, a, a major a a example accountability holding backlash that they're going to have to be held to. Nothing's going to happen to them. So, but it's really funny to see the little bit of accountability that that were that were brought against them. That was brought against them. They completely folded. And these were supposed to be the warriors. These were supposed to be the soldiers. And the opposition are the snowflakes and you know, the cowards and the pussies and blah, 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 blah. And then you're on the ground screaming, you're treating me like an effing black person. I'm bike. <laughs> All right, man. So uh, James Harden has finally been traded to the Brooklyn Nets. So I've had uh, the opportunity to watch the first two games. Uh, for those who care about basketball, and I, you know, I'm just a huge basketball fan, so I'm going to talk about it a little bit. I watched two games, and I have to say, just from two games, they beat Orlando. Uh, James Harden came through, had a triple double, and then KD dropped 42 points. They come back this game Monday. They face the Bucks. They face Giannis and them boys, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, so on and so forth. And they got a really good squad, a really good team. Like, can contend to come out of the East good, that good, and give any team in the West some problems, that good. And Brooklyn beat them. Honestly, it was almost two people that really beat them. Uh, James Harden had 30, and Kevin Durant had like 34. I, I like what I see. I'm not a Brooklyn fan, but I am watching their games just because, one, they're in the East. Two, I'm kind of mad because now I'm looking at Miami because, you know, Miami heats my team. I'm looking at Miami like, all right, you need to do something. Y'all got to make a move because right now what y'all doing, like the team we had last year is not going to have the same type of luck. Um, and I want to say just luck, and but we're not going to have the same fortunes because every team that we beat has improved. Milwaukee has improved. We beat Milwaukee, what, 4-2, 4-1 last year? They're not the same team as last year. Boston is not the same team as last year. There's Philly. They're a good team. Now Brooklyn. Atlanta is not the same team. We're still looking about the fifth or sixth seed, and I just don't see us getting out of the, the second round if we get out the first. And also I'm like, you know, all those assets that you was getting ready to throw to get James Harden, which I'm glad you didn't. Um, I think you got to make a move. 
I think a move has to be made. So, you know, start making those moves to get a Bradley Bill, which I don't think a Bradley Bill is going to put us at the top of the East. Uh, it'll make us more competitive because our, our issue is scoring. Jesus, like Miami can't score at all. But we got to make some moves. We got to make some moves. Um, but James Harden is looking really good. Um, I'm starting to change my perspective of him, honestly, because I just I always saw him as a, a very selfish player, uh, which that had some validity to it because the way you know the Houston Rockets gave him the keys to the franchise and literally let him do whatever whatever he wanted to do, and whoever he wanted to get, they would bend over backwards to make it happen. He would. And then he'll fall out and get them traded. Then get someone else in. Then the same thing, you know, happens. Rinse and repeat. Then they have a falling out. Then he gets them traded. Then bring someone else in, uh, and then fail again. So I just thought he was a very, very, very selfish player that only cared about himself. But I think now, throughout this fiasco, where I believe he wore a fat suit to make people believe that he was fat, but then he got to Brooklyn. Then it's like, oh, all of a sudden he's slim again. Um, or whatever trainer or diet he's using, I need to know what that is because I, I, yeah, I, I got to lose some weight. Um, I was like, I'm, I am like pre Buster Rhymes right now, so and I just don't have the resources he had to lose that type of weight that he did in this amount of time, but I want to. <laughs> but I think he finally gets it. He seems to be more more determined. I, I think now he's at the point of his career where he's like, okay, I've got all the scoring titles. I've got an MVP. You know, I, I've, I've been able to produce massive numbers and just pad amazing looking stats for the last six, seven, eight years. I, I, I want to win a championship now. And now I'm willing to sacrifice and do what it takes. Even though Honestly, right now, they are good just with them two. So when Kyrie comes back, then the real test comes because he's playing really, really well with Kevin Durant because they're really close friends. So they know how each other's play. So their games complement each other really well, especially with how they're playing right now. Uh, but when Kyrie comes in, then it is, it's going to be – that's when the test comes. And I'm very interested in seeing how that works. Um very interested in seeing how that works. So, in two days, going back to the political stuff uh, for a little bit, in two days, we will have an inauguration of a new president of the United States. Number 46, Joe Biden, will be inaugurated. And people, uh, I guess the divide is there. You know, it's always going to be there because that's just how how lost we are when it comes to allowing the media, whichever type of media you prefer, whether it's Fox news and Newsmax or CNN or whatever the case may be. People are expecting him to like give black people reparations, which he's not, or people are expecting him to like drive the country to hell, which I don't think he's going to do that either. Um, but it's going to be it's going to be a time because President Trump is leaving. Not only that, he's been impeached for the second time. And that's like 
a historical thing. And it's just amazing how before the last, well, since the election, he would have gone down as a pretty decent president. Not even going to lie to you. I ain't even going to hold you. A pretty decent president. But that narcissism got to him so bad when he lost, he's just dragging his reputation as president in the mud. In the mud. And all those people who, you know, were bootlicking, they've jumped off the train. They jumped off that Trump train. But, you know, you still have your grifters who, you know, are holding strong and holding true. Um, And they're also the main ones that's like perpetuating this hilarious QAnon conspiracy. Trump really won BS nonsense. Um, And I I just... Just wonder how do these people live with themselves? Well, I guess I would know. I guess depending on those checks that they get, I guess they'll help them sleep very comfortably at night. Um, but it's it's just um, it's just amazing, uh, amazing to see how they're able to just straight up do the things they do and just feel absolutely like no sense of ethics, morals. Like they just don't care like how can you sit there and just tell blatant lies and pass them off as truth and then gaslight an entire nation of people 71 72 million people at least that voted for trump and you gaslit 72 million people to thinking something happened that didn't happen to the point where they rioted at the capitol and put people's lives in danger killed four like that's 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 crazy. I just don't understand how y'all do this. So a funny thing when it comes to the last two days of Donald Trump, two things that I find funny. One is not so funny, but I just find it funny. He's about to pardon a bunch of people on his way out the door. Um, And for those who follow my YouTube channel, I made a little parody kind of satire video about Lil Wayne. And I think Lil Wayne's going to be on that list of people that he pardons, I think. (laughs) So I'm watching. I'm watching because Lil Wayne posed with Trump. He backed that platinum plan. And I think, I think on his way out the door when he's giving all these pardons and letting all these people off the hook for the crimes they committed, I think Lil Wayne's going to be up in there. You can toss Kodak Black in there too. Um, These are rappers, by the way, guys. Um, but I think he's going <laughs> to think he's going to pardon these guys and just that's his last little F you to the people who uh, cheated and stole the election. I just find that funny. I just find that so funny. Just I wonder if he'll be able to pardon himself. Like I'm not a a guru, so to speak. I hate using that word, but I'm not a guru, so to speak. I, I just wonder because you know they're going to try to like throw the book at him and get him on some trumped up, no pun intended charges. Like when he steps down and he's no longer president, you know, they're going to go after him. They're going to go after him. So I wonder if he can pardon himself. I'm pretty sure he'll do it. I'm sure he would do it. Um, And another thing that isn't, that isn't so funny. So of course y'all know I work at the post office and, um, we have been briefed just on 
proper emergency protocols and processes uh, because there's been the threat going around that um, patriots <laughs> patriots are planning on attacking federal buildings uh, on inauguration day uh, to protest the inauguration. And we've been We've been given, excuse me, um, different protocols and methods that we need to follow in case shit goes down. And I find that absolutely hilarious, hilariously sad. Like I, I find it sad because it's to the point where we have to prepare for people rioting. Now, I don't think they're going to riot at a post office. I'm pretty sure some people may, um, you know, because y'all y'all really upset that y'all packages aren't, you know, getting to you guys in the midst of a pandemic. Um, so just just a little bit of insight as to why your packages have taken uh, two weeks up to a month of getting to you. Your acting sitting president started it. You know, when the election and all these things started and then, you know, all these allegations that the United States Postal Service was um, hiding ballots and, you know, Donald Trump didn't trust the, the mail-in ballot voting system because he didn't trust the, the mailing system of the United States Postal Service because there's there's possible fraud and, and then they're finding all of these ballots thrown in rivers and, you know, all these other little instances and reports of, you know, USPS fraud and stuff basically put the USPS on their heels. Back them in the corner. So he said, you know what? We're not going to fall for this BS. So we're going to focus. Our number one priority is going to be making sure that every single ballot that comes through the postal service is properly, uh, is properly addressed and it's properly attended to, and it properly and speedily, expeditiously, in my TI voice, reaches a destination to be counted for the election. So everything else, so yeah, you may pay priority, but we're not going to treat it priority. It may have to go, normally it's a two to three day package. It may have to be a three to five day package. And your regular three to five day, it may be seven to 10. And that's just May, emphasis on May. But we are going to focus on these ballots and these ballots, these are the only priority pieces of mail that we have that we're going to focus on, making sure it gets to its place where we're supposed to go in a timely, safe, and honest manner. Oh, I forgot to mention, we're also in the middle of a pandemic. You know, there is this thing called COVID-19 um, that we've been trying to fight ever since, what, the beginning of 2020? Almost a whole year now. I think it was about this time last year where we heard about this thing called COVID-19 over in China. Am I right? It really didn't hit us till, until about March, right? So we're still dealing with that. And so believe it or not, we're not invincible. We can get sick too. So another fun fact, you know, when the mail comes to your city, 
before it comes to your house, it goes to what's called a distribution center. A distribution center is the center that handles the mail for that entire region. So it may cover four, five, six, seven cities. You know, well, it's not even cities. It's more zip codes. So it may handle, you know, a, in a any given number of zip codes. Um, those distribution centers are basically, literally, huge warehouses where there's lots of people working together quite closely to one another, if, you know, might I add. So to be safe, if someone tests positive and becomes sick, then they have to end up sending entire sections home. So that slows the work down. So if we're focusing on the mail, on election ballots to making sure they're getting there safely, they're getting there at a at a uh, a reasonable manner as far as speed and making sure that they're all present and accounted for with no type of tampering or fraud or anything like that that the that the president is accusing us of doing. And of course, we're still getting sick where we have to send entire sections. And when I mean entire sections, we're talking like 20 to 50 people, depending on the, the distribution center size or even more than that. So just to be safe, we got to send dozens of people home to quarantine while the mail and everything just continues to get backed up further and further and further and further. And then, of course, the election season is right around the holiday season. So, of course, we have even more mail that comes in because, you know, Christmas, the holidays, we get it. I understand. I've, I've done it quite a few times now. But if we don't have any hands to do it, things get backed up. We're sorry. And for some of you, we are sorry that your package is more important than lives, than human lives. Okay. So, um, that's the issue there. And not to mention the appointment of the uh, postmaster general who literally was a Trump puppet who also put in more policies and rules that further stopped production of getting mail out. Um, like, I can't get too deep into it, but there was a couple policies that when we, when it came across our bulletins of what the change were going to be, we set like, we just all looked at each other like we know exactly what he's doing. He's doing whatever they can to hinder the mail. So basically Trump can do what he did. I told you so. They cheated. Where all these, where all these ballots come from? What? what? These ballots were supposed to come that very same day. Where are these ballots coming from two or three days later? See, I knew it. Y'all cheated. Yep. That part. Um, so it's for a little bit of insight. There you go. But with, with all that being said, man, it's, it's just... I'm really hoping. I'm hoping. And I and I know it's going to be a bit of a false hope, especially for a person like me, because I don't I don't really align myself with the left. I don't really align myself with the right. Um, I guess people people love to put you in a category anyway. So I guess for for simplicity's sake, you say I like I'm I'm a centrist. Um it's just that there's just BS on both sides that I can see and you know, I have my takes. Like, yes, I am uh, focus on social justice and social issues. However, I have some very conservative views on things as well. So, and I think that's how we all are, honestly, but we're just so ingrained in picking a side and we got to be a part of something because we just, you know, God forbid we stand alone in anything. Anyway, um, 
just, I just hope that this year turns out to be better than what it's been for 2020. Not even talking about the pandemic, um, but even still, like if you really are an American and a patriot the way you say you are, like let's try to really be considerate of one another. Finally, you know, like I just this year we we can't have another 2020. You know what I'm saying? Like I I just don't think we 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 can go through another one. At least like because it was just an absolute absolute crazy crazy year, crazy year. But but hey, you know. Some of us, we are we are actually built to survive. So that's just kind of what what we're doing. So just real quick, I wanted to uh, also talk about, um, and this is it's pretty old, probably a week old, but I thought it was very interesting. Um, Carrie Hilson is uh, a singer songwriter. Um, she hasn't like put any music out in a long time. Uh, and in music terms, a long time, and maybe like four or five, maybe six, seven years. Um, and that's almost like career suicide. But she's mainly known for doing the songwriting, and she wrote songs for, you know, the biggest artists and singers that you can name uh, in the R&B circuit. But uh, when Trump got banned from basically all social media um there was, of course, you know, your conservative that was, oh my God, it's censorship. Censorship. What are they going to do to us? Free speech, free speech, free speech. You know, um, which I thought it was stupid because like, no, he's not being censored or his free speech is being stifled. One, you're violating terms of service. You know, you're violating the rules. Like, YouTube recently took down a, a a video of mine where I was equating Ashley Babbitt, she was one of the writers at the Capitol who was shot and killed, to Breonna Taylor. Uh, and basically calling for what it is. Like, people are trying to make Ashley Babbitt out to be like this patriot, but no, nah, she she died a terrorist. Um, no, she wasn't, she didn't die for her country. She, she wasn't uh, doing a revolutionary thing in a good way um you know she she's not a martyr no she is a terrorist a domestic terrorist that's how she died i hate to put it that way because she has a from what we understand a, a decorated life she was a uh an air force veteran for 14 years but she also drank the kool-aid of conservative QAnon conspiracy theories and so like any other she felt with all of her heart that she was right. And the cause was a just one. And she died for it. But only to only to realize, well, not for her to realize, but for us to see and observe and understand that she didn't die for America. She died for Donald Trump. Uh, but apparently YouTube didn't like that type of rhetoric, so they removed the video and said I was uh, posting harassing and cyberbullying which I think someone just got pissed off that my video kind of hit, kind of triggered them a little too much. So they flagged it, um, which is, which is sad, honestly, 
because like my YouTube channel only has like 24 subscribers right now, which I'm trying to build it up. So if you're listening, please go and subscribe to the channel. Like, you know, let's build this community. Um, but it also let me know that I wasn't too far off. You know what I'm saying? So I, I just, I think when it, so when it comes to Carrie Hilson, you know, she was like, okay, let's just for a second take out Donald Trump. Let's just remove Donald Trump from the situation and let's think about what just happened. That this guy was basically canceled. Uh, the acting sitting president of the United States had to be canceled. Uh, and, you know, if, if you violate these services, if you do this to the president of the United States, then what do you think they would do to you? So let's take the president out. Let's just think about what just happened. It's a slippery slope. So how far is too far, right? That was Kerry Hilson's point, which I got it. I understood what she was trying to say. And then Waka Flocka Flame, who's been very conservative in the last couple of years, now that he isn't going hard in the paint and doing ratchet things and self-destructive things that our culture likes to do. Um, he's been very conservative. So he came onto the post and he agreed with Kerry Hilson. And so they both have been dragged for it. Um, which I understand why, but at the same time, I understand the point they were trying to make. Like, yes, we know specifically what you're saying, Donald Trump, you know, is the reasons why he was banned and deplatformed from, you know, basically all of social media. But as they said, take Donald Trump out and let's think about the slippery slope that we're on that we're going to have to be careful and just to pay attention to. But at the same time, I thought the timing was wrong for Kerry Hilson. It, it, it gave out Terry Crews vibes to where we're talking about Black Lives Matter and then you, like Terry Crews, like, well, we have to make sure Black Lives Matter doesn't mean Black Lives better. And I still can't stand fucking Terry Crews for that dumb stuff that he pulled. Dumb stuff. But, you know, when you have white spouses and stuff like that, you, you have to go to bat for them. So... It's partly why the okay, never mind. Never mind. Um, we're going to get back to a crew soon. <laughs> I'll just put that out there. Um, but yeah, uh, they, like they were drugged, they were drugged through social media because you know they felt like people were calling them. And this is the thing where I don't agree with if the criticism is if you're going to criticize them. And especially when it comes to the black community, anytime a black person has something that isn't necessarily aligned with what you say, you automatically go to calling them a coon. Now, there is context when it comes to exactly what's being said and how it's being said. But for the most part, we're just like, agree with us or you're a coon. Agree with us or you're a sellout. Agree with us or you're an Uncle Tom. And like, and I don't like that. Almost as much as I hate the, the word racist that's just been watered down so much, it, it barely holds weight. But I understood what you were trying to say, Carrie. That's all I'm saying. Plus, I'm a big fan. Can't wait for that collaboration. And I, I don't know. I, I I want to keep going, but at the same time, it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it just so much that, that I, I want to get in touch with. Plus, again, we're still trying to uh, you know, optimize to see what's best, what's working. You know what I'm saying? Um, so as of now, 
Y'all let me know what you think. Also, if you're interested in being a guest on the show, uh, just shoot me an email at talkmycredo.com. If, if you're interested just being just on the panel, you know, just a group of us, we just go through society and culture. We talk about things. We give our our uh, opinions. And I just have a lot of content that I, I, I prefer to talk and present to a group of people and not just, you know, me talking about things. I can talk about what's going on in the world and my thoughts and stuff, you know, just fine. I have no problem with that. But there's other bits and pieces of content that I prefer to present and discuss and go over with the group. So if you're interested in doing that, shoot me an email, talkmycredo.com or hit me up on any of my social media um, at Dante Credo. But all that being said, we're going to go ahead and shut this down here. Um, let me know what you think, comments, uh, questions, concerns. Please like and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. Please subscribe, uh, drop a comment, you know, all that good stuff to help us grow the channel, you know. Um, but that's it. This has been an episode of Talk My Credo with your boy Dante Credo. Happy New Year still. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, let's strive to follow his teachings and to be an example and to carry on his legacy while building our own. And until next time, take care. Love y'all. Hey.